two, one, and assalamu alaikum everybody and a very warm welcome back to the Arabic in 60 Steps YouTube channel. Hope you guys are well and in the best of health. All of you guys who are listening to this on the podcast later on, man, I love you guys. We're doing some cool stuff over on the podcast and we're, we're hitting some really encouraging numbers, alhamdulillah. So I'm very, very grateful for you guys. So in today's live stream, um, I'm going to talk about one ayah from Surah Al-Masad. Um, it's an ayah which one of the students on the exclusive program, um, shout out to Asima, um, she brought this to my attention uh, because there's a few really interesting rules in there um, that we can talk about a little bit. And because this is a surah that we so often recite in our salah, like our children learn it from a really young age. Like, I mean, my, my son Yusuf is five and he's learning this surah at the moment in uh, in Dugsi or in Madrasa. And uh, so most of us know it and our children often even know it if they're, you know, whatever, if they're probably seven or eight. And... Um, yeah, good. So let's get into it, inshallah. And then also I'd like to apologize as well because I've got a croaky voice. Um, I've probably picked up a bug from one of my kids or something because they're gross, aren't they, kids? They get bugs at school and bring them home and all that. But uh, the show must go on, as they say. So so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم تبت يدا أبي لهب وتب That's the bit that I wanted to do, actually. That's what it is. We don't need to continue reading further on than that. So, tabbat yada. So, firstly, we have the verb tabba. Tabba is one of these doubled verbs. We have a whole lesson on them. Step 44, I believe, in the Arabic in 60 Steps program. Um, yeah, the, the verbs where the last two of the, rad, of the root letters are the same. Um, similar like with the, with, with the word hub, for example, the word for love is like that too. Hence, we get the word habib. But the verb tabba really just means like very crudely translated means to curse right so why is it feminine though why do we say tabbet why do we say tabbet well it's because the word that comes after it yed is feminine like that's another thing to remember like quite often students get confused about words in arabic which are feminine although they do not have a tet morbota so some of the categories of those words would be some of the words to do with nature like ashamsu the sun or al um, ardu the earth or asama or the sky those are some. Others that are feminine that do not show their tetmod balta is like the word yed. Body parts that come in pairs. So for example, your eyes, your hands, your ears, your feet, whatever. Th those words are quite often uh, feminine words, which is why we have tebet before yada. But why is it yada? Right? Why isn't it just yed? Why isn't it tebet yed? Okay, it is yada because this is actually the dual. Okay, it's talking about two hands. So... If you make something dual in the Arabic language, we usually put any or any on the ending, depending on the context. I mean, the morphor case of it, or the nominative, I think we call it in like a um, like a Latin kind of world, is um, is yadani. Is what it would be. It would be tebet yadani in this case, because the the yed is the is the is the subject of the tebet, right? It's the thing that's being cursed, right? Good. So it's not tebet yaday abi lahabim wateb. Tabbat yada. So what's happened to the noon? Why isn't it tabbat yadani? Well, what we do, because this is a mudaf, it's the hands of Abi Lahab, right? It's a mudaf. And in a mudaf, we do this hadaf al noon. We, we cut off the noon. Hence, why we say things as well, like if we were to say my two parents, we say walidayya. We don't say walidayni, right? We, we, we don't use the noon in there. We do hadaf al noon. We cut that off. My, my students by now have so much practice in this. Like, we're talking about Heather for noon all over the place. So, um, good. So, what's next? It is 
may, may the hands, the two hands, be cursed of who? Abi lahabin watab. So, so why is it Abi? This is like it's like an adafa with three terms here. It's the hands of the father of lahab, right? So you've kind of got two mudafs, or or a mudaf and two mudafi lahis. How like I'm not sure the right way, but you normally look at it. But like, um, yeah. So that's why it's Abi, right? It's may the hands of Abi lahab. It can't be Abu or Aba in this case. It needs to be majrur in this case because it's in the adafa construction. So we have tabat yada abi, the hands of the father of what? Lahabin. So a lahab is actually a flame. Um, an expression that I heard in Palestine talking about the month of August. And the month of August is very hot in Palestine. They call and and the, the word for August in like the the Arabic calendar is ab. They say ab lahab. Like the term lahab is for something to be um, very hot, like a flame, right? I'll let you guys Google for yourself or ask someone qualified about where the name actually Abu Lahab comes from. But it really means like father of a flame, right? It's what it really means. Um, but there's some some interesting um, explanations as to how he got that name. Because that's not his real name. That's not like the name his parents gave him. Um, it's a, um, yeah, it's a, it's a laqab or, or, or a nickname. Good. Tabat May the two hands be cursed of of Abu, or, or, and because it's of Abu, it's Abi, Lahabin, Watabba. So what about the Watabba? Why, why, why have we used the verb Tabba on the end again? So the difference between the two is that we've had Tabbat to refer to the hands of Abu Lahab, right? Because the hands are feminine. But why is this verb on the end masculine? Tabba. So... What it would mean is, and may he be cursed as well, because Abu Lahab is masculine as well, right, obviously. So, um, so it's, may the two hands be cursed of the father of flame, right, Wateb and Teb, and may he be cursed, right? So we've got some useful stuff in there. Good, that's everything for today. We've talked about some, uh, some useful stuff about gender and about... Um, uh, yeah, so so ab, by the way, is one of the five nouns. Um, you know, there's a very small classification of nouns in Arabic, where the um, the irab or the case of the verb is expressed with a long vowel rather than a short one. Usually, like if we have a verb, we have a word like kitab, right? El kitab will be el kitabu, el kitaba, or el kitabi, depending on its context. So usually, words like that will take a a, a little vowel at the end. But there's five nouns that will take a long vowel. And as we saw, eb is one of them. So sometimes you'll see aba, you'll see abi, and you'll see abu, right? So it'll be abu lahab, aba lahab, or abi lahab. Another one is akh as well. You can have akhi, akha, or akhu. Um, another one is a word for a mouth. Um, you can have um, um, fa, fi, and fu, I think it is. Um, another one for like a, it's a kind of uncle, hami, hamu, and hama. I think it is. I haven't got them in front of me. And then thu, the, and there as well. Hence, like the one of the name, one one of Allah's great names. Thu um, jalali um, wal ikram, right? That thu in there can be the or it can be there. So there's a few of uh, those different words that um, can express their case with a long vowel rather than a short one. Good. So that's everything for today's lesson. I'm not going to make it too long because. As you guys can probably tell, I've got a, I've got, a, I've got a horrible 
croaky throat. But anyway, so let's get into some questions, inshallah, if you guys have any questions about that or about anything else at all for learning Arabic. And for those of you who are listening later on the podcast as well, um, yeah, you guys make sure you come over to YouTube because this is where it's popping. The crowd's going wild over here. <laughs> all 11 of them, mashallah. Um, yeah, we'll see, we go live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday here on the YouTube channel, Arabic and 60 Steps YouTube channel. Um, Assalamu alaikum, joined from Bangladesh. Wa alaikum assalam. Ami London, Takeashi. Kemo nacho. Who else we got? Tomar, Tomar Bali Kothai. I think that's the one. Where, where are you from? Tomar Bali Kothai. Tomar Bari, Bari Kothai. Trying to think how it's written in Bangla. I can't remember. But as well, I'm making a complete assumption, by the way, that you speak Bangla rather than Sileti. I don't know how to ask how you are or where you're from in Sileti. So I'm sorry about that. Cool. Okay, go on then, tell me. Tumar Bali Kutai. Wa alaikum assalam. Wa alaikum assalam, our brother in Kashmir. May Allah aid the people of Kashmir. Cool. Yeah, as you're from Kashmir, Apsi Milkhar Khushi Hoy. Oh, you're actually from Dhaka, so yeah, you, you would actually speak Bangla. Cool. How to keep consistent learning Arabic? Excellent. So, um, so you actually first the first thing right before even thinking about weaving it into your routine is you need to actually think about do you actually want to learn it like because like I've, I've started kind of playing around with learning bangla recently and because i really want to learn it i'm finding it very easy just to weave it into my day like i'll just listen to some audio files when i'm driving my son to school and then like in the evening when i've done all my work and i'm just chilling with my family i'll just have a read over the sentences and practice writing out the letters and stuff like because i really want to learn it it's kind of easy to get into my routine, but um, but assuming that is the case for yourself, um, just some general tips is number one, focus on doing something little and often. Um, yeah, make sure you're doing it little and often because that's much easier to actually incorporate in your regular routine. So do 20 minutes a day. Set a goal just to do 20 minutes a day. And even like something that I read in, in the book on um, The Power of Habit, I think it's a Charles Duhigg book, um, The Power of Habit is... Um, a tip that you can use is to tie it into something that you already do. So let's say you already have a routine of getting up in the morning and making coffee. I say that because that's one of mine, right? One of the first things I do when I wake up for my day is I put the kettle on to make coffee. It's just something I enjoy in the morning, right? So like if I want to build a routine, I, I will tie it into something I already do, right? Like I'll leave my books next to, next to the kettle when I go and make my coffee in the morning. Like, it's there, I'll have some flashcards there or something that I'll practice while I'm drinking coffee in the morning. Like, tie it, bolt it onto a routine that you already have. You know, another one is if you drive, like, if you have a routine, like a commute of some kind, you know, like that, that's a really big one for me because I drive my son to school every day. So, like, so for me, like, I usually learn Bangla. I listen to some audios or stuff on the way or, or on the way back. Like, on the, on the way there when my son's in the car, I like to talk to him and stuff. But on the way back, when he's not in the car, I'll tie it into that routine I already have in my life. And then, um, 
And then as well, like something I've started doing for, well, I've been doing for the last month or so, is just going to the gym as well. There's a gym right opposite my son's school. So like I just tie going to the gym in with the usual routine that I have anyway. So those are some things that you can do, inshallah, to, uh, uh, yeah, to tie into your routine. Thank you very much for watching my channel, Abdul. I very, very much appreciate it. You guys are the best. It means absolutely the world to me that you guys watch my channel and um, and you enjoy my content. Um, more words of the day. Okay, that's something we can think about. So I, I used to really like doing phrase of the week. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe think about something like that, inshallah. Yeah. Oh, mashallah, brother Omar has come to join us from Saudi. Omar is an OG, mashallah. Omar, loyal student of the Arabic in 60 Steps program. May Allah bless the brother. <laughs> cool, what else have we got? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and Hostura, you're, you're a legend. <laughs> nice. What else we got? Well, Entara'ir. You, you're great. You're great yourself. Entara'ir. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Um, speaking of Ra'ir. If you you know um you know Tony the Tiger, um the Frosty's Tiger, um so you know on like the box of cereal it has great right and you have the r in there right in Arabic the way that they do that is they actually have rrr right and they talk about the Frosty's being great so they actually keep the r bit in it which I'm I'm a big fan of they've done some good they've uh, they've kept the integrity of the grr of the tiger. Yeah, which I'm a big fan of. Um, uh, I will, inshallah, also start my Arabic again. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. May Allah bless you in that uh, in that endeavor. Uh, do you meet with any of the Dawa brothers in the UK? Uh, no, I'm not really in that scene. You know, like I, I don't really um, like I I do I do uh, I do Dawa, of course. Like every everybody should to some degree, but. Um, yeah, um, there, there, there's some of the brothers that I know, like for example, like I know brother Imran, um, or aka like Dawa man, um, I know Imran ibn Mansur, I chat to him in the DMs every now and again, and I've had the pleasure of meeting him a few times as well. I get on really well with his younger brother, Saad as well, because Saad's an Arabic teacher as well, so um, yeah, Saad and I get on well. Saad's a, li a little bit closer to my age as well, I think he's a year younger than me, but um, yeah, but may Allah bless those brothers. But any other brothers like Muhammad Hijab and Ali Dawa, like I, I don't know any of those guys really. Like I never, yeah, no, no, never met any of them. Yeah. So I'm just gonna like shamelessly read out this comment here because I just absolutely love it. Just you know. I'm just going to indulge myself a little bit to read this. So, Jazakallah khair, Omar. Um, your Arabic in 60 Steps, mashallah, is very good. I'd recommend anyone who is seriously interested in Arabic. I'd highly recommend Arabic in 60 Steps. Consistency is the key. Yeah, Jazakallah khair, I very, very much appreciate the words of positivity about the program and stuff. 
it's um yeah it's an absolute joy to hear from students like yourself like that yeah we are still planning to release the workbook on amazon um for people to purchase um on the first of july um that that's kind of a that's that's an, that's an aim but um if we do need to go a bit later than that then i'm willing to do that like I'd, i'm i'm not prepared to um to compromise on quality just for the sake of um hitting that deadline like i'd rather you know it'd be unfortunate but i'd rather i'd rather have to publish a few days late and do it right than you know than compromise on quality at all so the the aim is the 1st of july but you know be be patient with us inshallah and um, keep an open mind as to whether it might be a little bit later than that um i saw your video i saw your video blah 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 i saw your video about the david wood debate so no no allah does not pray allah does not pray it's well documented and it was well understood by the first generation of Muslims who heard that. Um that the 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 that the salah of Allah is um is not praying. It's not it's not ibadah. It's more like the word salutations probably. What else have we got? Um, cool. Hi from Czech Republic. What's up, Czech Republic? How you doing? Been learning Arabic for two years now. Your YouTube channel and podcast was a great help. It's my absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, no, no. I, I wasn't saying that you were claiming that Allah prays, but that was the topic of the of the video. So ju just from the snippet of your comment, I misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. That's one which really um, requires some ignorance to not understand. I think. Yeah, but. What can you do? What can you do? Who else have we got? Where are you guys from? Talk to me. Oh, here's a question from um, Ahmed. Sam, why did you stop updating your YouTube account, the Sam of Somalia one? To be honest, I kind of ran out of knowledge. I'd kind of emptied my brain and emptied out everything I knew into that channel. And um, yeah, I'm not really sure what to do with it, is the honest truth. And um, when you get to a stage like that as a YouTuber, like you've got, you've got two options, really. Well, three. One is um, you make content that you're no longer proud of. Sometimes people, when they get to that stage, they run out of ideas. They do like pranks and um, wife tag or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like stuff that you, you maybe wouldn't do otherwise. Um, or you just take a break from it. The other option is you step up and you continue learning, right? Like that's what I do for, for like, like, this is my job, right? Like teaching Arabic is my job. So that's what I do with Arabic. Um, but, but with Somali, I'm, I'm just not sure... Um, I just wasn't sure what to do with it, really. That's um, 
yeah, that's that, that's all there is to it, really. I wasn't sure what to do with the channel. I felt like everything that I could put out to help people had already been out there. Like anything else I put out would be more for myself, really, and I don't really want to be in that in that in that game. Uh, I missed the short stories. Um, uh, yeah, the the episodes like our Dean series. Yeah, we did fourteen episodes of that, didn't we? That was a really good series. A lot of people liked that. Um, uh, I was looking at the same writer, um, the Rihla of Ibn Jubayr. Maybe you could start with that. Yeah, maybe we could. The thing is, though, like it's a really advanced text. Like to be honest, I'd like I struggle with a lot of it. I'm a graduate in the Arabic language. Like, I struggle with a lot of the Rehlev in Jubair. There's a lot in there, that, there's a lot of vocab in there, which is very, very high register. Like, even for native Arabic speakers. Uh, do you recommend um, the workshops, or I assume you mean maybe lessons, um, in the program if English isn't my first or second language? Um, well, I, you know, the, the number of other languages you know shouldn't be an issue. Um... You know, it's it's just if you're confident with with um you know, with my level of English generally and my accent and stuff. Like if, if you find my videos perfectly accessible, then like on YouTube and if you listen to my podcast and you find it accessible, then you should be fine. Yeah, that's what I'd say. Um I would say though, if I'd say though one extra thing on top of that is you do need to be familiar with some English grammar. Like, when I first started writing the Arabic in 60 Steps program, I was writing it for children who are educated here in the UK. And children who are educated here in the UK now, they know a lot of grammar. Like, I used to teach year four, which is, like, age nine, eight and nine here in the UK. And they know a lot of grammar. Like, grammar is, um, has kind of been revived a little bit in the English curriculum. Um, yeah, so they know a lot of grammar, so I was, I was teaching from that perspective. But then when we kind of opened the program up to adults online... Um, it transpired that there were a lot of adults who kind of went to school in the same era that I did or, or earlier and don't know what an adjective is and stuff. So, like, so number one, I, I'd, I'd advise you to make sure that you're confident with, with, with my English, like you find my, my accent fine to understand and everything. But then also familiarise yourself with some, some English grammar terms as well, because if you hear me talking about, you know, the subject of a sentence and a verb and an object of a sentence and... You've never heard those terms before. That might be, that might be challenging. What else we got? Okay, so we have like a fiqhi question here. I, I'm really sorry, Achi. I, I just can't answer questions like that. Um, you know, the question is is regarding uh, regarding Qurbani being accepted, given the. Um, health status of a certain animal. I just can't answer that question. I'm unqualified and Allah knows best. Your English is super British. I've heard that. On the exclusive program of our six students, four of them are from the USA. And um, yeah, I often hear family members in the background say that I sound like Harry Potter and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> which which I'm fine with. Yeah. 
yeah, not 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 only do I sound very British, but I'm very like Southern British. Um, I do have an advice actually for this question. This is a nice question that I can I can relate to a little bit. Do you have any recommendations for shy people? Because even speaking English, like I tremble and you know, and and the, the sweating, I actually really understand as well. Even stuttering, as well. Stuttering was a really big one for me. Even like doing public speaking at school, like having to read aloud and stuff like that. Like any anybody, if there is anybody here who used to be in like my English class, whatever, when I was at school, they would they would like testify to that I was probably the least competent reader in my class. Like I used to, I was I was such a nervous reader like reading aloud and presenting that like sometimes I'd, I'd get books the night before and I'd try to memorize pages of it so when it actually came to me read I wouldn't have to read like my it would, it would almost be like my vision would go wrong like I almost like I couldn't see the words properly and I'd tremble and sweat and stutter and it was really really hard for me to even read like one page and so I can absolutely re relate to this so okay so the first thing is I would say do a bit of like do a bit of that's something that I do that helps me a lot, is I do a lot of deluding myself into believing I'm a native speaker. <laughs> like, like, even when I'm learning Bangla in the car, when I'm saying the phrases out to myself, I'm saying them as if I'm a native speaker. I'm telling myself, like, like I, live in, I live in Dhaka, and I'm a native speaker, and I'm saying this to my, my neighbour. Right, like, I, I get in my own head a lot, and um, that really helped me. Like, actually, like, a book that talks about this is this. Okay, psychocybernetics. Like when I read this, um, when I read psychocybernetics, like I, a lot of it really resonated with me with language learning, because like your your brain and your and your nervous system has a really difficult time distinguishing between real experiences and imagined ones. Okay, I'll say that again. Your nervous system has a difficult experience distinguishing between real experiences and very vividly imagined ones. So. If you very, very vividly imagine an experience of you speaking fluently in another language, right? Let's say whatever it is, right? In my case, it's Bangla, right? I'm trying to I'm trying to learn Bangla at the moment, right? So if I if I spend time to really think that I'm speaking Bangla fluently, it can always be the case that you can delude your nervous system into thinking that you're confident speaking that, right? So like when your brain says, right, it's Bangla time, right? It's Bangla time. Your nervous system isn't thinking, oh no, it's Bangla time. Your body's thinking, let's do this. We've done Bangla time, <laughs> you know. So, like, there's a lot to be said for that. A lot of talking to yourself in the mirror. I like that sort of thing. I can relate to it a lot because, like, even though it might seem like I'm kind of extroverted because I'm, like, a YouTuber and stuff, like, I'm really not. Like, in fact, to be honest, I don't do a lot of, like, live events. I've kind of hid behind the coronavirus a little bit for that, but I don't do a lot of, like, live events because I'm really shy. Like I'm not, I'm not especially extroverted. Like I'm friendly and I'm warm with people, but I'm not, um, I'm not a person who desires like a very, very vibrant, so like in-person social life, really. So anyway, that's just some of my ramblings. You're an Indian, but you learnt the American accent. One of one of my students on the exclusive programs in Indian, actually from Delhi, and um, 
And he, he told me that in their education system in India, there's usually like a very kind of Queen's English, British focus to the education out there, but maybe it's different. Ami tamader bahalobasi. I don't know what that means. I know that word bangla. When you write the word bangla, I can write that in bangla, right? Like the, the, the B is kind of like a triangle here like this. And then you do a little line like this, and that's like the ah. And then like the ng sound is like that, bang. And then the la is like that. And then you have like the same kind of ah that's after the ba. You have after the la as well, hence, hence bangla. Oh, cool. I'll tell you a few phrases that I've learnt. So, um, came on out, Um, what else did I say? Um, I'm in London, take a And what else? Um, Tomar Bari Kutai. Um, what else? Um, Baloachi, Tunnobad. Um, yeah, those are just a few things that I learned. Ami Ami Bangla Jan, Ami Bangla Jani, Mi Bangla Jan, something like that. I don't know. But um, I, I like I really want to take it seriously though. Like, you know, I've I've just been playing with it at the moment. Like I've just been practicing writing some of the letters. Um, yeah, like a like a, I'm not very deep into. It. I've just been looking at what resources are out there and stuff. But I'd you know, I, I may even document it for you guys. Like, I may even, um, yeah, um, I may even, like, document the experience a little bit. Like, do, like, a weekly update on another YouTube channel about how my bungalow's going. Um, and just, just see how that goes. Because something that, you know, like, when I was learning Arabic at university, I was thinking, I even thought to myself at the time, I was like, like, man, how cool would it be to document this journey? Like, sometimes the documenting of the journey is more valuable than the finished result. Like, so often here on YouTube, you get, like, these finished, polished speakers who are, like, fluent speakers of this, and they've studied that and whatever. But actually, like, it's so much more human to actually experience, to actually see someone being a beginner, going over the hurdles, thinking, man, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'm smart enough to learn another language. I can't get my head to stop thinking in English. Like, all these all these kind of things that language students struggle with. Like, I'd, the, the main reason why I wanted to start learning Bangla was to was to kind of empathize with my students a little bit more like i specifically wanted a language that had a different script to arabic as well because like i've got some students who struggle with the arabic script and i learned the arabic script like eight years ago or like nine or ten years ago maybe even by now so like i can't really relate to that very much so i wanted to learn a new script and and, and see how difficult that is and another difference as well is i'm i'm an adult now it's harder to learn languages as you get older like i'm not old you know but like, I've got nowhere near the neuroplasticity that I probably did when I was 18 when I started learning Arabic, you know. Anyway, sorry, there was, there was some questions. Oh, so yeah, Ami Bangla Jani is I know Bangla, but I think I want to say Ami Bangla Jani, and then you just say Na on the end to make it I don't know Bangla. Ami Bangla Jani Na. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure. Ah, oh, mashallah, we have an Urdu speaker here. You know, a lot of the Urdu that I know, well, actually, well, a lot of the Urdu I know is Urdu that I learned from the Urdu Sikhia podcast. I highly recommend the Urdu Sikhia podcast, by the way. That's a wicked podcast. Yeah. <laughs> or, or something like that. Like, I, don't, I don't live in Islamabad. Um, 
Where are we? Um, okay. It's Cotton Candy. Cool username. Uh, wa alaikum salam. I'm starting an Arabic degree in September. Do you have any tips and advices regarding it? Yes. Develop a consistent routine for learning vocabulary. And start now. On a program that size, even for the students on my program, grab the, the vocab catches up with them. The grammar is almost finite, really. Like, you get to a stage where you've learned, like, all of the grammar that you really need. But the vocab is just... It's an, it's an ocean with no shore. It's, um... Yeah. Yeah, it's vast, the, the vocab. You've got to take time to... Uh, to have something consistent, like even if now, spend a little bit of time figuring out how you learn vocab well, whether it's flashcards, whether it's mind maps, whether it's practice sentences, whether it's listening to them on repeat, whatever it is. Find a way to learn three words a day. Get into the habit of learning three words a day and keep that up for the whole four years. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Because the vocab is the, is the main thing. Howdy, Tony. How you doing? I wish I knew Arabic. It's such a beautiful language. You've come to the right place, my friend. Can you understand the other dialects as well? Depends how close to um, Palestinian they are, really. I, I spent my year abroad in Palestine, so like that's probably the dialect that I'm most familiar with. Um... Right. Okay, so vocab advice then. Let's just end on this because I've gone over my time a little bit. Let's end on some vocab advice. Okay. So I'm going to start off with what I do. Okay, but what I do isn't isn't what's going to be applicable for everybody, right? Because I've been learning Arabic for like ten years, and and I'm like I'm I'm, I'm quite a competent linguist compared to lots of people, right? But what I like to do is I like to learn vocab in topics. Like I don't like to just get kind of a cold list of verbs. I don't like to learn 10 verbs and then 10 nouns and 10 whatever, right? Like, I'll learn around a topic. So let's say, for example, um, the restaurant. Just as an example, right? Learn vocabulary that's important for a restaurant. And then look for Arabic video about restaurants, right? So you're seeing lots of context for whatever words you're learning. So, yeah, and then even, like, go and visit an Arab restaurant and use them in, in, in a restaurant, right? Like, I like to just give loads of context to, to my vocab. That's how I like to do it. But that requires more time and more effort. So if you don't have that time or, or, or you don't want to put in that effort, then you can just make flashcards. And in fact, I even for people who are more kind of practical, more kinesthetic learners, I even recommend that you make your own flashcards. Like, don't, don't even buy them cut. Like, just get a big paper and rip it. Like, fold it to get nice, neat lines and rip it and make your own vocab cards, because like, that's what I always did. And I even found that like, the process of making the cards was almost more beneficial than using them. Like, the actual process of using my hands to rip up this paper and use different colour pens to write out the Arabic in nice, fancy handwriting and to annotate them. And, you know, if you're giving the verb, you know, whatever, you're giving the verb, right, for example, like do a flashcard for 
the verb eratakada means to believe, essentially, right? You're going to annotate it. You say, well, what are its root letters? Well, shares a root letter with the word aqidah, meaning like a creed or a belief, right? Um, and whatever else, right? Eratakad is like an opinion or a belief about something as well. So, yeah. Uh, do you use spaced repetition when it comes to using flashcards? No idea. I don't know what that is. That would require that would um that that requires a Google. It deserves a Google from me. But I I deliberately brought attention to the fact that I don't know what it is, though, so that I could still say it aloud and bring it to the attention of other students and those listening on the podcast as well. Do you know what, guys? I really need to go. I know there's been some really good questions just come in, but I need to go. Like. So, so any of you guys who have any other questions, inshallah, just come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow at 5, 5.30 p.m. UK time. And uh, I'll have another lesson prepared for you guys, inshallah. Like, as always, our format will be five minutes at the beginning to let people arrive. Ten, fifteen minute lesson, maybe. And then, um, yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, we'll open it up and just open Q&A. And then you can hear me speak awful bangla or whatever as we go as well, if you're interested in that. So we'll leave it for today, inshallah. Um, yeah, so that's everything for today. May Allah bless you guys. Thank you guys all so much for joining me. And uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow at 5.30pm. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.